Welcome to Porter Wright's Antitrust Law Source. Hey, good morning. This is Jay Levine, your host of Antitrust Law Source. And we have a real treat today. Um, I am joined here uh, with Phil Rist, who is the Executive Vice President of Prosper Business Development. Uh, good morning. Good morning. You know, we always tell clients, you're, 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 the problem with a breach isn't so much, you know, the reporting obligations. It isn't so much that you're going to have to hire a forensic person to understand exactly what was breached, how, you know, or in putting a new or in paying, you know, Jay Levine and his folks um, to handle and to handle litigation. It's the trust. It's absolutely the trust. You're going to lose, you know, a significant amount of goodwill. I mean, I, I, I know you have... You have dealt with this issue for other retailers who have who have suffered a breach, and, right. and how bad was it? It, it? it was bad. I mean, we talked uh, uh, previously about the Target mm-hmm. example, and I'm sure at that time they felt that they had their, you know, they were locking their stores every night. They were making sure their warehouses were locked and yep. protecting their security, and you know, nobody expected that their liability was going to occur. You know, electronically, right, and and then and then how it created an issue with their customers, whether their customers feel safe in in handing the cashier a credit card, right, and is my information going to be protected? So maybe they spent more with cash, or they went somewhere else, mm-hmm. um, and and they did that year at the end uh, end of uh, 2013, is I think when it happened, right, and. They and the I believe several senior management uh, ended up losing their They're position done. right because of the issue and so they have to build it back. It's no different than a restaurant that has a issue with a salmonella or something like right. that. Okay, it's it becomes a trust issue that they have to. Uh, uh, come back from and make their customers feel comfortable that they're on top of it and they're not, you know, it's not going to happen again. Well, you know, I'm starting to wonder though, if the ubiquitous nature of data breaches are almost anesthetizing us to to the effects. I mean, I sometimes get the feeling talking to my wife um, and others, I mean, I don't do any shopping um, and my wife does. And you know, what she's done is she, she, Keeps one credit card for online Fire purchase, only. yes, and that's it. Um, now, not every website takes that credit card, so that gets to be, you know. Right. But for the most part, that's what you know. That's one our one of our ways of of kind of compartmentalizing, controlling, and controlling things. But you know, and she looks for the you know this thing is secure, right? You know, and and then if she doesn't see it, she gets a little bit worried, but. At some level, you almost resign yourself to the fact that it can happen, it may happen, but this is, you know, people aren't necessarily willing to forego the convenience. Well, I had a personal experience with this uh, on Monday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I Sunday night I was paying holiday bills and I realized there were some charges on one of my Visa cards that I did not make. Right. And so I got online and I found out there were 42 charges on my Visa card ding, ding, ding. that I did not make. Right. And so I spent the morning, the fraud department was not open on Sunday. Um, you know, Online I could dispute one charge, but there wasn't a way to 
through the whole thing. There was no batch, right? You know, uh, so I I spent uh, an hour on the phone with a very nice lady. I'm not going to mention which company it was, but we had to go one by one. Uh, it was an hour and a half phone call, and the, but the feeling I got out of it was like this is routine. This is now yeah. routine for her. Now uh-huh. this is her job. Somebody had. She told me, based on what they were seeing, these were physical locations uh-huh. that someone had taken a, a, a unactivated uh, gift card and, using a technology, had bought purchased my credit card number from some scammer, mm-hmm. and literally they had the technology to embed it on another piece of plastic, right? That looked, you know, like, real, like a Visa gift card, or whatever, and. This person was out shopping at Lowe's and Home Depot and buying things, and and the the feeling I was like, oh, this is just now. It's like this is what happened. This is the standard operating procedure right. that you're going to get your identity. It's the cost so, of doing business. And I was like, no, I I want to talk to somebody because that for 42 incidences over a three week period, somebody went into a store and said they were me. Right. Okay, it's not just the that. that. <laughs> it's much more personal. It's much more personal, right? But I also learned that there's no federal enforcement, and this is where I think businesses need to talk to somebody, because I was told I should go to my local police department. Well, they don't have the technology, right? Okay, we need to get Penelope from Criminal Minds, right? Okay, there there should be a federal. I mean, I don't know if it's FBI or uh, what agency. Probably it's already an existing agency. Because the technology to, for, to find these people right. would be a accessing the video records of these national retailers that this person, with the date and time. Right. And they, within 10 minutes, they could probably pull up a photo. And then they could start building a, a photo database of known identity thieves. Right. And they could recognize their patterns. Right. Um, we don't need uh, a police officer to come to my house to take a report in Columbus, Ohio, when the activity happened in Michigan. Right. Well, I, I can I can only respond to that, given the fact that I'm a DC lawyer. Um, I, you know, it's well known that data breach and data security litigation is, is Congress is dealing is trying to deal with the issue. Um, they're trying to come up with something that is, I mean, right now we have, you know, breach notification statutes in, I forgot how many, 40 some odd states. We have um, different regimes um, and the like. They're trying to come up with, you know, one cohesive universal. Um, the FTC governs certain, um, HHS governs, you know, the right, HIPAA. Right. You have FINRA. You right. have the Federal Reserve on banking. And you need, but in terms of the law enforcement itself, one thing people have to realize is it just may not pay to catch these guys. Much like it, w- it wouldn't pay to catch the, the person that uh, scammed the, the visa, right? Because visa is going to get stuck with the bill about eighteen hundred dollars, right? But if, are they are they regular players? Are they using this money to fund other illegal activities? Okay. Yeah, including, uh, unfortunately, terrorism. Terrorism, okay. Yeah. And so, and and the the ability to find these people, every one of those retailers that this scammer went to has video surveillance. 
tied to their cash registers, mm-hmm. the date and time. The visa company knows exact date and time and the amount of what the purchase is. Right. We don't need a law enforcement person with a gun or who's trained to do an obstacle course. We need Penelope. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. That would literally take the take the data in, access uh, request access to the uh, uh, video from the retailer, start cre- creating right. uh, a, a database of known associates, developing some patterns, and I think. That may, I, they may have it. They may, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, my gut tells me, though, that in, at some level, they're still trying to catch so much bigger fish that right. they just don't. And this don't, is what the, 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 the scammers. They know that. They know that. They, they know that. It's, it's a lot less, it's a lot like your sort of your local drug dealers. They, they're not really worried about being busted because people are going after more of the kingpins. More right, of the, right. The, the, the the like, so your local pot dealer isn't really too worried about getting busted unless it happens to be you know something stupid or by happenstance. Um, but you're right. I mean, in, and as technology gets more sophisticated, it may become easier to to catch. Maybe not. Um, it, it'll be it'll be interesting. But at the same time, there's got to be security protocols put into place that make detection easier. Yes. And, and, you know, you say the visa's getting hit with the bill, but ultimately it's not going to be visa. It's going to be paid. me. Because I, I asked specifically, I said, are you going to charge back the, all the retailers that this person went to? No. So who who pays this bill? Well, we do. I said, so really, I do. Because well, it's, it's so built into... change fees? It, yeah, it's built into the cost of exactly. interest and service. Exactly. So it's going to get... It's going to get in the interchange fees. The merchant's going to be paying more in an interchange fee. Right. Um, the interest rate on, on you know, people who carry balances, that's going to go up. I right. I mean, it, it's ultimately going to... And will be paid... And by the shareholders of Visa as well. You know, I mean, there may be some shared pain all around, but there's... You know, there there isn't somebody's paying, right? And and it, and it isn't it it at some level it's going to be you as well, right? So interesting. Um, before we um sort of end, um, any 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 thoughts for our uh, audience? You want to share any parting thoughts? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give the same uh, uh, three tips that I did when we first met a couple of years ago. Okay, they're still good. Oh okay. God. Okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, when 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 it comes to using uh, uh, your customer's information as a uh, competitive advantage, mm-hmm. okay, um, the first one is uh, don't be creepy. Okay, that there's <laughs> a there's a fine line between personalization and customer service and stalking right. your customer. Um, the second is don't be annoying. All right? Yeah, uh, there's another fine line between being helpful. Right and being a, a, a pest. Right. Okay. Uh, we all ha- uh, subscribe to some company that you know sends you an email every day. Right. You know, it's like yeah, that's that's a pest. That's a pest. Um, and the third thing is, um, do remain human. Okay. Don't use data and technology so much in your organization that your software bots are. Uh, running the organization, uh-huh. okay. okay, and give your customers an opportunity to talk to a real person if they want to, mm-hmm. and 
some companies think they do, but that call center rep is reading off a script. It might as well be a robot. It might as well be a robot. Yep. There needs to be a safe word that the customers can use when they <laughs> actually talk to someone right. real and say, I, I'd like to explain something to you. Right. Because as, as more and more technology enters the consumer's lives, they will value uh, the things that are human more. Right. And they'll find that as a reason why they want to do business with a company. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that. You know, prior to the Industrial Revolution, everything was made by hand. Right. And it was a big deal when something was made by machine. And so you, you paid a premium for that. Well, you know, several decades later, everything's made by machine and you pay a premium for things made by hand. Yeah, like craft beer. The whole craft exactly. beer movement was uh, uh, created by people who were looking for something to counter the technology. In the yeah. Case. I mean, how many times do you see handcrafted leather? Yes. You know, I, I, you know I, I get a chuckle out of it because 100 years ago, that's all they ever had. <laughs> uh, and nobody would have thought that would be anything special. Yes. And now you're paying, you know, 50% more to have that kind of handcrafted look. I mean, it's, you know... The, 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 you know, the distressed jeans look, right? Yes. You buy new jeans to look like they're 30 years old. Right, right? exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, that's, now I'm, I'm venturing into sociology, which I don't mean to be, but, and I'll tell you on your first two, that don't be creepy, I, I, maybe it's just me, but I find it almost offensive. Uh, you know, back in May, my, my, my eldest got married. It was my second child to get married. My eldest got married. And, um, a month later, we had our my other child who had gotten married a year before that had uh, had a girl and you know our first granddaughter and I also had to buy a car, so we were making lots of purchases, suits and gowns and right. and baby stuff and cars within a very short period of time, and it was driving me nuts that I could not go to any website to do anything, even work-related, without seeing advertisements for either a gown right. or a suit or baby products or right. cars. Right. And, and it some was, of those ads weren't just general ads. They showed no. you specific items that you had actually looked at. Oh, I, I, you know, I don't mean to necessarily make plugs, but I was getting Joseph A. Banks. Right. Um, I was getting Paul Fredericks, Charles Turritt. I was getting, you know... Uh, car ads from you know so Buick and Lexus right. and Acura. I mean, I, I, yes, I get it that you're tracking my movements over the internet, but at some point it becomes a little bit creepy, creepy and offensive. And, and I tell you, I, I don't. I mean, I, I they must know something I don't. I almost never click on one of those ads right. to figure out. You know, to go. If I want to go to Joseph, I'll go to the site right. natively. Right. If I want to look at a Buick, I will go, you know, I'll go to uh, whether it's True Car or Auto Trader or Kelly or Edmonds or whatever. I'll go, I'm not clicking on an ad when I'm at on an ESPN site right. that happens to pop up with, you know, the behavioral advertising. Right. Um, nevertheless, it's, it's prevalent and I'm not going to get my wish. I mean, I, I click on do not track, but right. somehow, some way. You download your ad blocker software. Yeah, I, I, I thought I've done everything I could, but <laughs> either I haven't done it effectively or they're better than... 
the tools they give us exactly. to, to block them. Exactly. But in any event, it has been a pleasure. Um, this, I am Jay Levine, your host of Antitrust Law Source. You can reach me at um, by email, the letter J, L-E-V-I-N-E, at porterright.com, P-O-R-T-E-R-W-R-I-G-H-T. I'm on Twitter at J-A-Y-L-L-E-V-I-N-E. I'm also on LinkedIn. And Phil, how do people contact you? We have actually uh, a website that our company put together that uh, provides a lot of complimentary information that anybody can access uh, for free. And that's the best way to reach us. And then from that site, you can uh, find my contact information. And it is prosperdiscovery.com. Prosperdiscovery.com. Okay, and I will tell you um, as a plug, um, I subscribe to their blogs and, the, and they're 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 fascinating, um, you know, stuff. Um, I've learned more about millennial shopping purchases and <laughs> boomer shopping purchases. I I realize that my age group is somewhere in between, and um, I guess I have to wait a few years <laughs> to get into the uh, to the demographics. But it, it 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 certainly is interesting stuff to note how you know consumers are trending and and how businesses are trending. And uh, just kind of keeping your 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 finger on the pulse of e-commerce and commerce in general. Well, I, I thank you very much for that, and also thank you for inviting me here today. And this was kind of fun. Yeah, and we hope to you know make this somewhat of a of a regular issue. If there is are any topics anybody out there would like um, to hear about, uh, let me know, and we will certainly try to accommodate you. Uh, and for that, uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, again, this has been Antitrust Law Source, and uh, we look forward to uh, uh, our next podcast. Take care. Porter Wright Morrison Arthur LLP offers this content for informational purposes only as a service for our clients and friends. This content is not intended as legal advice for any purpose, and you should not consider it as such. All rights reserved.